We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Do you ever feel like you're always on? What do you do when you need a moment to chill? How do you like to hit the reset button to get ready for what's next? These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nothing but nonstop hustle all the time. Work, family, friends, a million pressing social issues, and an expectation to be on 24-7. Sometimes you just need a moment to turn off and hit the reset button. That's when you reach for an ice-cold Coors Light, the beer that's made to chill. Listen, there's a lot going on in Green Bay right now, and I feel like we could all use a moment to chill with a Coors Light. See, Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's literally made to chill. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. Perfect for a moment to unwind. Coors Light is what I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in their all-new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado, and as always, celebrate. minutes a day, 365 days a year, this is the Pack-A-Day Podcast. Hello everybody, welcome to another episode of the Pack-A-Day Podcast, your one-stop shop for all things green and gold. It is episode 634 today and we're just a few days away from the NFL Draft. My name is Mike Lowe, alongside me, Tyler Grezegorek and Matt Fralick, as we we're going to be breaking down probably the most important position in sports today, and that's the quarterbacks, as well as the brief special teams. But before that, again, don't forget to follow us wherever uh, Packer Podcast can be found, whether it's iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, we are there at Packaday Podcast, also on Twitter, at Packaday Podcast, as we are ready to see how many of the 10 picks the Packers use who they take, and whether they do bring in another quarterback to compete with Tim Boyle or even the successor to Aaron Rodgers. But before we start that, Tyler and Matt, how are you guys doing today? I'm, I'm doing great. fairly well. Yeah. <laughs> Good to hear the thing is going well for you guys. How about hey, yourself? I can't complain. A little tired, but that's just the way of life of a working guy right now. Yeah. But I guess before we jump into quarterbacks... Let's quickly touch on special teams because I doubt any specialists get taken this year. Well, thoughts on you guys with that quickly? I have <laughs> zero words. There we go. I, I think uh, the only like there's a couple special team guys. Uh, one that keeps floating around is just like a Jalen Rager who can return kicks and stuff. That's that's awesome. I don't know if that it'll ask him to do that when he gets into the league. 
And then who's the who's the kicker with the specs from Georgia? That's that's a guy I think is a, a top shit. There you go. Like that's a guy that needs to be on the squad. Other than that, I have. I mean, I don't. Kicker and punter are weird in the in the NCAA because like there's really really effective accurate kickers in college, and all of a sudden it doesn't translate into the league, and it's just whatever. Teams spend high picks on them, and I really have no opinion other than if your kicker is just making kicks, that's fine. I don't care where he's drafted. Fair enough. Uh, my opinion is always the fact that they have a promising long snapper, a promising punter, and a kicker who, by the time his contract's up, will be the longest tenure packer of all time. I think they're pretty much set there for a while. So I, 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 I agree with you guys. I doubt they take any specialists. Which leads us into quarterback. This is, again, the most important position in sports. A lot of interesting names out there. A lot of interesting prospects. Seems to be a fairly top-heavy class. And much like last week when we had, uh, we had, I guess, tight ends and what we did there. We're going to have five questions for you guys and superlatives as well. So I guess I'll just jump right in. So we've got kind of a clear-cut list, but... Tyler, I'll go to you first. Name your top five quarterbacks, especially that fifth spot. That's the interesting one. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, the thing is with quarterbacks this year, there's not really a ton of debate because it's a pretty hard set group of guys, I think. I think there's a pretty strong consensus as to whom the top guy is, who the who the next couple guys are. It's, it's not like the past couple years where there was some um, – where there were some arguments to be had for for different guys. So for me, it, it goes easily. Uh, Joe Burrow, number one. Uh, Tua, I, I really enjoyed Tua's film. Uh, he goes in. He comes. He comes in at number two. Ex- excuse me. So he's number two for me. Uh, but the injury really dropped him down my board. Uh, at the same time, all this stuff about the Wonder Lake now. I'm hearing some other things like he just didn't really grasp mental concepts that well in Alabama um, to the point where they had to kind of bring the offense back down to its roots and they couldn't really expand upon it. So that, that you know, that stuff like that is concerning for me with Tua. Couple that with the injury and that puts him at number two behind Joe Burrow. Justin Herbert, um, a guy I also really like is at number three. And then it's Jordan Love um, at that point. And then the fifth quarterback is Jake Fromm. So uh, I had guys like Jacob Eason competing here for the fifth spot, but it ultimately he's going to go to Jake Fromm, who we'll talk about, but it, us honestly is going to forge himself an NFL career because he's just going to be a solid guy that you want on your roster as a backup quarterback, and I think that that really has value in today's NFL. So I think he, he's going to be a third or fourth round pick, and I think teams can be really happy with him. Fair enough. Matt, who do you have on your top five, and is it the same? Uh, towards the top, absolutely. So, uh, Jake Burrow is number one. I mean, just the most efficient quarterback play we've ever seen in college ball. I think it's just, he can do it from different, uh, different elements, right? He can hit that short pass and hit that deep ball, hit a guy in stride. He's, he's the clear cut number one. Um, honestly, if Tua would have stayed healthy throughout the year and put up, I don't want to say similar numbers of Burrow, but at least sniffing that 60 touchdown range. I don't know if that would be possible. I would have loved to see the debate in March and April that we're in to see if Tua or Burrow would be the clear cut number one. And I think it would have been a really close competition, but um, for all intents and purposes, 
purposes, Tua is my number two just because of the injury and you don't really know where he's at with the hip. Um, number three, I guess we do start seeing some uh, differentiating opinions from Tyler and I. Uh, I have Jordan Love there. I just like what he can do as far as, you know, kind of like the new wave of NFL quarterbacks we're seeing. Kind of can move around as a big arm. Uh, we'll get down the list when we do our um, – superlatives list but he he comes up once or twice for me there too so I really like Jordan Love um only having one returning starter this year at Utah State with him on the offensive side of the ball that's why you saw his numbers go down uh early in July and August this past year uh, in 2019 people were talking about him possibly being a Heisman candidate and there was buzz but it didn't it didn't live up number four I do have Justin Herbert Herbert to me is one of those guys where if you'd have came out last year, he would have been probably the number one quarterback or number two quarterback off the board, hands down his every, and every time I watched him at Oregon, I just didn't, I didn't get it. I didn't understand why he was so, I mean, maybe I didn't watch every game and every play I should have, but when I would flick on a game um, at 10 o'clock at night on the, that, that pack 12 games, there was just a lot of times where I was confused why he was getting so much buzz, but I still think he's a raw talent and he could definitely be developed under the right circumstance. And number five, uh, it's not Jacob Eason for me. It's not Tyler's guy. I put Jalen Hurts. I think Jalen Hurts from a straight football mindset of learning two different offenses at Bama, at Oklahoma, and just the way he's carries himself on the field. Uh, he's a natural leader, and I think any team would value getting his talents on their offensive side of the ball. I could see him honestly going anywhere from the back end of the first round to maybe falling to the like late third, early fourth round. I I love Jalen Hurts. He's one of my favorite guys on this list. But there, like Tyler said, there's a ton of guys like after Burrow and Tua that you could slot in there, and that top five. It almost seems like it could be a top eight uh, conversation. Fair enough. Yeah, my personal top five, obviously, yeah, Joe Burrow, number one. It's it's basically the Andrew Luck decision again. Just Cincinnati, take him at one. You've got your quarterback. Don't overthink this and don't be dumb. Uh, Tua, Tiger Valo, I also have it too. The injury hurts. Uh, a lack of, at times, a, at times his struggle against big games kind of hurts a little bit, especially he had some problems against LSU. And whether he can, whether that hip is healthy is a very big thing because if you're going to spend a high pick on a quarterback, you want him to be like Andrew Luck and not end up like RG3 and be out after your rookie year. Uh, I got Herbert at three just because the, the measurables are there. All all the talent is there, but yeah, I agree with you. I wasn't impressed with his work at Oregon. He didn't he didn't seem to consistently be getting better like you'd expect for a guy of his size and ability. Jordan Love at four because we don't know what we have with Love. He's He's got all the skills. He could be Josh Allen. Or he could completely flame out and end up out of the league in three years. So who you don't know with him? Just it's so confusing. And fifth, I'm gonna go with Jacob Eason at five, just because I think the combination of his he, he reminds me a lot of Joe Flacco. He's big. He's got that big time arm. He, he you know you know he's got that deep ball. Just can, can he put the rest of it together? Can he handle an offense? Can he handle not being the guy? As we saw him go over, I think from Georgia to Washington. And he he was solid at Washington, but he just needs the lottery. He he's not he can't start right away, so he's a guy who needs to work his way in. But I think the ceiling is there for a guy like him to have that Flacco like career, be that type of big armed pocket passer, kind of a throwback guy.
but you can't go wrong with Hertz or Fromm either at that fifth spot. So it, it's such a, a fascinating concept where it is kind of the clear-cut top seven, and after that is where it gets kind of muddy, a lot of day three guys out there. But I guess moving on to our second question, uh, Matt, we'll start with you first, is which quarterback in this class that's not Joe Burrow fits the Packers system on and off the field? I come up with two guys, and I know that's not a great answer, so I'm going to cut it to one. I'm going to say Jalen Hurts, and I hope I'm not riding the Jalen Hurts train a little too hard. I just think he's, a, like I said, a natural leader. He understands, obviously, two intense offenses at Bama and then with Lincoln Riley at Oklahoma. I just really like what he brings to a football field, and I think about a lot of the Bama transition, right, where Tua came in and he was uh, having to, instead of be the guy, like he had to be the uh, the clipboard guy and coach up Tua and let him know what he was doing wrong. And um, I think that would translate to being, you know, the now the, the amateur when he comes to the NFL and in that offense with Matt LaFleur and Aaron Rodgers. I just really like what Tua, or excuse me, Jalen Hurts brings. I don't think he's you know, I don't think you're going to see his speed translate a ton into the NFL. I think he ran like a four five nine at the combine, so nothing like blazing. But he's he's one of those dudes that's going to use his legs to scramble. He kind of, I don't think it's a Russell Wilson type situation because I think Russell will pick up ten yards a little bit easier than Jalen will. But he'll definitely be able to use his speed to get outside the pocket, reset, and throw the ball downfield. And that's kind of what I think the offenses look like in the first year of Matt Lafleur's offense with the Green Bay Packers. Tyler, what are your thoughts? Who Who's the most, I guess, Packer people in this class? Yeah, you know, outside of the top guys, like a Tua and a Joe uh, and a Justin Herbert, uh, those three specifically could probably fit almost any system or any scheme. Um, and so I'm going to dig a little bit deeper for this one. I'm going to go with a guy by the name of Anthony Gordon from Washington State. I think if you're looking for a guy who is an Aaron Rodgers-like player, I'm going to go with a guy like Anthony Gordon, who I wrote in my eval as a, as a I pretty much proclaimed him as the backyard quarterback um, that you'd be looking for. Um, now, trust me, he's still got a lot of work to do before he ever sniffs a start at the NFL level, but man, if his tape wasn't fun to watch, and um, if, you're, if you're looking for a guy who can remotely do the things that Aaron Rodgers does um, and have some swagger while he does it, it's, it's Anthony Gordon. So, uh, you know, he's a guy who runs all over the field, makes throws. You talk about uh, – Matt talked about getting out of the pocket, setting your feet, and making throws downfield. That's Anthony Gordon. I don't. I think he made more throws outside the pocket than he did inside the pocket. So it, he, he's a fun guy to watch, but purely developmental. Um, and, and I think he really would embody um, being a Packer. I don't really know much about him personally. Obviously, it's kind of hard from being a keyboard warrior to know much about these guys and their personalities. But uh, from what I can gather on the field, he's got some swagger, and I think that that would bode well for him. That's fair enough. And, and my choice, I'm actually going to go with Jake Fromm. Uh, I think a guy like him who – he reminds me so much of Matt Flynn. It's kind of weird. He's he's not the biggest arm guy. He's not the most athletic guy, but he's accurate. He's a good leader. He knows how to win. And I think he could step in and, and compete and probably beat out Tim Boyle right away and eventually – work his way into being a consistent, like Tyler said in the first question, long-term quarterback in this league. Whether he starts consistently or not, he could be that Matt Flynn, Colt McCoy type player and just, and he fit, he fits just whatever. He, he could, he's just that, he's that steady guy you want for a team both on and off the field. 
So I guess with that being said, we'll move on to our third question right away. And Tyler, we'll go. We'll start with you. Is a quarterback in play at pick thirty for the Packers? Absolutely. And if there is, who would it be? <laughs> um, you know, whenever you start these draft evaluations, you can never pigeon your whole self, pigeonhole yourself out of a, out of a position. You know, we'll go back to Aaron Rodgers. We don't have to go through the story. But did the Packers ever think he was going to be there at 24? Absolutely not. But when he fell into their lap, they took him. So if a guy like Atua falls in this draft because of the hip concerns or the Wonderlick mental capacity concerns, if he falls down the board, that's an absolutely incredibly talented player. You take him if he falls at 30. Jordan Love is another conversation. Justin Herbert, you absolutely take him at 30. Joe Burrow, you absolutely take him at 30 if he falls for some reason. Jordan Love is where the conversation really begins. It's how you, how do you feel about about the quarterback uh, position? Well, quarterback position is one of the most on the team, most important on the team, and it's one of the most cost effective. Once you start getting really into it, I think if you're taking Jordan Love, you're doing it at the back end of the first. So you can get that fifth year. Uh, you can you can sit him for a year or two and get that fifth year at a cost controlled um, contract. I guess you'd call it. And so Jordan Love would be the only the only quarterback outside of the top three for me that I would consider at 30. And even with Jordan Love, he's purely developmental. Um, I shouldn't say purely developmental, but if he starts day one in the NFL, he's going to struggle because there are things that he needs to work on technique-wise. Like he needs to work on his progressions. He needs to work on how to how to read the defense. He needs to do these things that you need to become a successful NFL quarterback because he just didn't do enough of it at Utah State. He had some really poor decision making too that he needs to clean up. So there are things that he's going to have to clean up. But the the arm talent is there. You hear that you hear that word all the time. The arm talent. It is it is there. It is live. He was a lot of fun to watch. I, I found myself I found myself watching him and going. Holy shit. <laughs> and so it, there were a couple of plays that really made me think this guy could be a tremendous NFL quarterback. So J- Jordan Love is the only guy I'm considering outside the top three at 30. And I guess before we go to Matt, and Tyler, you kind of brought it up with with the possibility of a, the Wonderlook dropping. I actually tweeted this out uh, yesterday. was, can we stop treating the Wonderlook like it's gospel? Uh, that, that's, to, to me, that's just a thing where the the uh, the concept of bringing up the Wonderlook scores really kind of annoys me because I don't think it's that great of a barometer as everyone says it is. So my thing about the Wonderlick, and yes, I completely agree with you. I think there's too much stock placed in the Wonderlick. I'm sounding like a huge hypocrite right now, but when you when you take the Wonderlick and you begin to apply it to other areas of the game, and you can use that as a a fuel to say, oh yeah, see this here, like he didn't do this, and so basically with Tua, you can see that a lot of his offense is one read. There's a little bit of what you're looking for in terms of being able to progress through his reads, but it's mostly one read offense. The entire offense is almost RPO. There's a lot of things that you'd want him to do as an NFL quarterback that he still needs to do and didn't do at Alabama. And so you can you, you begin to wonder. He played for three years, two and a half seasons. He started he began starting in his freshman year, and um, then at the next two seasons, he was the starter at Alabama. Obviously, he had the injury in the second half of the last year, but you would hope in that time that he'd be able to progress um, as a leader of that team, as a as a football player, and in mental capacity, you'd hope that that offense would progress. It just didn't seem like it did. It was very, um, still very vanilla by the time he finished up, and I think that's kind of where I'm coming from with the Wonderlick uh, application. I can see it a little bit, and so that's kind of what I'm – thinking there. Fair enough. So now Matt, we'll go back to you. Is a quarterback in play at thirty? I just gotta say, 
recording of my first pack of day podcast early in the morning. Tyler's just primed and ready right now. He's firing on all cylinders. I respect it a ton. I, I couldn't agree. Like everything he's saying is ex- exactly right. Like Jordan loves the really only realistic play at 30 and I wouldn't hate it. I really have been beating my drum for the last year since Matt LaFleur took over as a head coach to bring in another guy. I thought it was going to be possibly Deshaun Kaiser with that. Um, I guess they knew each other at Notre Dame. He was the quarterback coach there when Deshaun was, was playing and that didn't work out. He was a good talent, but it is what it is. Now I think it's the, the situation where they need to develop and start getting ready. I, I keep saying they're in a five-year plan. They're one year into a five-year plan. Well, what better way to transition out of that five-year plan than to be able to get a guy, like Tyler said, in the back end of the first round, had that option in that fifth year. Plus, we've seen the trend in the NFL, right, guys? Like how you have to pay a quarterback, but you don't have to pay him until it's after his rookie deal. Like all the top teams in the league – from the Chiefs to when the Seahawks are running on full cylinder, obviously the Ravens, the Bills are an up-and-coming team, the Texans with Deshaun Watson. I mean, there's probably five other names that I'm missing that I didn't include. And then on the reverse side, the top paid quarterbacks are, like, just on, I mean, really just shitty teams. Like, they just had to pay them because otherwise they were going to go somewhere else and the franchise was going to have to start over. So I would love to see Jordan Love in green and gold. I just don't know if there's... I don't know if they want to invest that draft capital in a quarterback when there are some, they're going to be some really, really quality football players between that 30, I'm going to say that, that 20 to 45 spot where they can either move up, move back. And we've seen uh, the Brian Gutekunds be able to do that. So I, I think Jordan loves the only play there at 30. And then if they really do fall in love with someone else, well, I'm, I'm going to trust, I'm going to trust the boys in the front office to make that decision. Yeah, I can't really, I can't disagree with anything you guys said. Jordan Love is the guy who, if he's there at 30, you think about. And I think I read that they, they've talked to him, that they, they've, they've virtually met with him and just, and kind of got a, got a, kind of got a gauge on him. And I don't think they're going to take Hertz at 30. I don't think they would take a guy like Frommer Eason at 30. But Love is that, that interesting prospect where if you can coach him up a little bit, if he can learn from Rodgers, learn from LaFleur and Getze and Hackett and the coaching staff here, having him in start in three years could be big. Because like, like you said, having a quarterback on the rookie deal is huge in, the sal- in this new salary cap era. And, and just look at the, what the Chiefs did with Mahomes. Because once they, once they pay him in a couple years, Ed, which is going to be – Basically, the GDP of Canada, he they're gonna have to send some guys out, whether it's Chris Jones going or whether it's Tyreek Hill or a guy like Mitchell Schwartz on the offensive line. There, there's guys you have to go once Mahomes gets paid. We saw we saw that with Dallas now once they have to pay Dak Prescott. We saw it like you said with Seattle. We saw it with New Orleans. We saw it with New England, and they're still paying Tom Brady. So there's once you have to pay that quarterback, it's big, and having a rookie deal guy. Is huge, and a, a young guy like Love, who's got the talent, is definitely in play at 30. I don't think they'll do it, but there's definitely a chance there. And I guess moving on to our, our fourth question, and Tyler, will go to you again. Is there a quarterback that you're stumping for the team to take? We asked that with tight ends last week, but is there a quarterback that you want the, in Green Bay next year? I'm going to give you an answer here, but I don't think it's the answer you're expecting, and it's going to kind of build off of what we were talking about earlier. I'm going to go with Jake Fromm, and here's the reason why. 
I think Jake Fromm is a going to be a very good backup quarterback for a very long time. What have the Green Bay Packers needed for a very long time? They needed a backup guy that can step in when Rodgers goes down. I think Fromm is incredibly intelligent. Um, I think that, that he he's safe with the football, and he he's limited with, with what he can do uh, with his arm in terms of uh, – I guess the throw power, and he's. But he, I think he's relatively accurate. I think he gets. Um, I think he gets hit on more than he should in terms of his accuracy. But I think he's a relatively accurate quarterback who makes very good decisions. And I would want nothing else on a backup quarterback. So if that's a guy you can lock up for four years as a backup quarterback to Aaron Rodgers, and by all means, if he figures it out and he takes a job from Aaron Rodgers, great. But if he doesn't, then you're, you're not at a loss. You let him walk or, you know, you do whatever you need to do. But I, he provides immediate competition, and I think that that's what this quarterback room needs. And Matt, is there, is there anyone you are really going for? Not really. I mean, like, it would be awesome to get Tua. I think – I really think the hip isn't going to be as much of a concern, to be, to be honest. I think he's young enough. He's rehabbing. The only thing I do look at is that his um, – just his injury prone. He's had multiple injuries in high school and college. So that's my concern there. I still, like I said, I love Jalen Hurts. I think he'd be a great player to have if they could get some value. And the funny thing is Tyler describing Jake Fromm is just like playing into more of that Matt Flynn comparison, right? Like let him be a backup. He's not going to you know, blow the doors off, but if something does happen, God willing to Aaron Rodgers, like at least, you know, there's a guy that can come in and, and win a game or at least a, uh, you know, manage a game to, you know, get a W if you're up by a, a few scores. So, uh, no, I, I don't like to fall in love with any player, really, because it, one, makes me skew my opinions when they do select someone different, similar to, like, a Kenny Clark draft, where there was other guys on the board that I really, really wanted, and now it's like, well, man, you idiot, like, just trust trust the front office. They know what they're doing. So, I mean, there's just a ton of quarterbacks, too. Like, that that's the problem. I could fall in love with 15 names, really. And at the end of the day, it doesn't really matter if the name sounds good. It's a matter of if they're going to be able to, one, be molded by this, you know, the six guys around him um, that affect the offense. And then, two, like, it, does he have the mental capacity and the leadership intangibles to lead a professional football team? There's only 32 guys that get to do this in the world, Right. You have to be elite at what you're doing on and off the field. So if they know of a guy through these virtual Zoom meetings that they've met with or some Wonderlick score that's out there, please, by all means, take them. But um, I'm not falling in love with anyone. And, again, I guess if I had to pick one, it would be Jalen Hurts. That's just a dude that I've I've liked for the last few years, and I just I like what he brings to a, to a football team. No, I agree with you. I, I'm not – there's not a guy I'm going to be something for, but I do like the idea of, of Jake Fromm. And it's the it's the Matt Flynn thing. It's it's to me it's the Colt McCoy aspect. I think is I remember I was reading a book and they were talking about the th- the big three in that era, which was Colt McCoy, Sam Bradford, and Tim Tebow. And you look at now, one of them is still in the NFL, and, and it's Colt McCoy, who's spent most of his career as a backup, but he's been a good backup. And I think that's where Fromm is. And I was remember watching the combat. I couldn't watch a ton of it this year, but when he threw, I think a lot of fans got disappointed because he had to throw right after Eason did. And yeah. Eason looked really good on some of those throws, and Fromm comes in, he's consistent, he's, he did everything right, but it wasn't that wow factor. But if no. you're in round, if you're at 94, and and Fromm is there, I think you you send that card in, you you make sure Roger Goodell's basement is working, has working internet, 
and I think you do that. But yeah, I'm not gonna, I'm not stumping for a guy. I'm not pushing for a guy. But I think any of those guys I think would be would be a good fit and a good a good look in Green Bay. So I guess for sure, one thing I want to throw into here too, like if Jake Fromm, uh, Tyler mentioned that briefly, like. He got so much bad publicity, I feel like, at the end of the year, and some of it was warranted, I think. But if you'd have told me a year and a half ago that Jake Fromm would go in the top 20, I would for sure 100% believe that. And it's just, it, it's weird to see that his stock's been all over the place and saying that he doesn't have a good arm and whatever else. But it's just, I think Jake Fromm's a good football player. I, I, I have no doubt. Agreed. So as we get to our last straight-up question, and we'll go to Tyler first again on this one, are there any quarterbacks that are worth trading up for or worth trading down and out of the first round to let someone else grab? Like, we've we've seen a lot of times in recent years a team trading back into the very end of the first round to get that fifth year, whether it was Teddy Bridgewater, whether it was Lamar Jackson. One of those worked very, very well. Are, do you think the Packers are going to be looking to do that, to let some team jump up and maybe grab a Jordan Love or a Jalen Hurts at 30. Or if Tua is dropping to 23, 24, do you trade up to get him? I think that Jordan Love is the most likely quarterback to be traded for at the end of the back, at the end of the first round. Um, Justin Herbert, if he ever falls out of the top 15, I think that he's worth trading up for. Tua, if he tra- if he falls into the 20s, he's worth trading up for, in my opinion. I say the 20s because if he falls into the 20s, that must mean there's legitimate concern. You know, it, I I wish I had more information at my disposal to be able to say, yeah, there is a legitimate area of concern here, but I just can't. So if these NFL teams are saying, I can't, I can't invest in this guy, then there must be a legitimate concern there. Um, so if he falls into the 20s, I say you bank on the talent there and you you hope that the concerns pan themselves out. Obviously, Joe Burrow, if for whatever reason he falls, like let's say he pulls a, uh, what was it, a, a Laramie Tunsil, you know, the the night before the draft with the with the smoke mask. Maybe he pull, maybe he pulls something like that, and, uh, but with a cigar, I don't know. And so maybe he does something like that, he falls out of the top 10. Go up and get him, you know, but Everything is subjective, I think. Um, Jordan Love, I think, is the most likely quarterback to be traded for at the back end of the first. I don't think Jalen Hurts is a first-round quarterback. I don't even think he's a second-round quarterback, if I'm being honest with you. I, I, if a team did that, I just think that'd be a little bit a little bit reckless. Um, I, I think that there's a reason to trade up for a quarterback at the back end of the first. Obviously, we talked about the contract of the fifth-year option, but it's not always the best call. So I think Jordan Love is really probably the most likely to, to be involved in a trade of some sort. Matt? Yeah, I agree with Tyler. Like it's it's, it's Burrow, Tua, Love, and Herbert that are really show value in the first round. And the one I would say for sure would be Herbert because just just because personally I think the tape doesn't reflect the hype, and some team might fall in love with that. I've seen him all over the place between you know a top eight pick to a top twenty pick. Um, but if a team needs a quarterback and they need a guy to start day one, which is tends to be the option. Like we're <clears throat> right now, NFL teams are just pulling the pacifier out of a, co- a quarterback and just like throwing them in there week one. There's really no that that nurturing and lovey dovey situation anymore. And I think Justin Herbert would be able to handle that, so they could throw him and Jordan Love. Like I, I could see a team trading back in. I don't think the comparison of Lamar Jackson fits 100 percent at pick 32, but I think some of that athletic 
new wave NFL style quarterback could get a team to come up uh, back into the first round or possibly uh, double down and, you know, just be able to compile some draft equity to move up just to be able to grab him. So those would be the two I'd really think um, have the most chance. And I agree with Tyler. I don't think Hertz is a first round grade. It's just someone I'm falling in love with, Ty. Yeah, I'm with you guys. I have nothing else to add. And I get before we get into superlative, there's a couple of guys I want to bring up and get you guys' thoughts on because we haven't talked about him yet. Uh, and I guess there's really maybe four of them. Uh, first one is James Morgan from Florida International, uh, Wisconsin kid. Uh, I know Packers.com did a profile on him pretty early. Uh, big arm, big personality. He went to Florida National, I think, after he left Bowling Green and became a grad transfer there. Uh, I guess, what are you guys' thoughts on him as a day three guy? Yeah. <laughs> it's just it's just ant to me unfortunately. Like I I saw some hype going into the I saw some hype from somebody. I think it was actually Andy Herman, um, on Twitter about him and I was like, Okay, well I'm excited to watch this guy and I was very underwhelmed. I was very underwhelmed. I mean the arm, he's got a nice he's got some good arm talent. I mean he'll be he'll be drafted in the sixth, seventh round. Um and I think when you get to that point that's what you're banking on. You're banking on the arm talent, but he's I just don't know if he's an NFL quarterback right now. Um, just there's a lot of other question marks. Uh, you know, with a guy like Jordan Love, when you start making bad decisions, you're like, okay, well, what does he do in X situation, in this situation? And he's able to he's able to create a play from nothing. He's able to make a ridiculous throw. He's able to, you know, just make a play happen. I didn't get that from James Morgan, and I think that's why he's a lot lower on people's boards. But the arm talent is certainly there. I'll give you that. It's just that you have to understand what you're getting. You're getting a guy who's probably going to be stuck in the pocket, um, and he's going to struggle mentally for a while. But if you can get him in three years to be where he needs to be mentally, he could he could probably be a decent quarterback in the in the, in the league. Again, not, I don't want to use current back again, but it almost sounds like you described Tim Boyle. But uh, <laughs> Matt, what are your thoughts on Morgan? I think Morgan's an okay player. I think a lot of the hype has to do with that he's a, a Green Bay native. Uh, mind you, I think he would be played at uh, Schwabenon High School, if I'm not mistaken. I could be wrong on that, but um, he, he could be okay. I mean, sixth, seventh round project guy. I mean, at that point, it's any any player that's selected as a project guy and just competing for a, a practice squad spot potentially and trying to make their name in rookie camp if that if that does happen. So um, it'd be fun to see him drafted. I don't know if he's you know, a game changer by any means or a franchise guy, but um, like Tyler said, really good personality, fun, electric, and I think that's just the type of dude that uh, players will rally around. It would it would be fun to see him play, but I'm not you know, I'm not I'm not completely sold, just like Tyler said off the tape. And I guess kind of building off that, let's go with one more uh, Wisconsin kid who Badger fans were stumping for for years, and that's Nate Stanley, who is probably the most solidly built quarterback at 6'4", 243. I guess as a seventh-round guy, he put up a pretty good numbers at Iowa, and he, and he, seemed, and he seemed to be, I think he was a two- or three-year captain there. Uh, Matt, what are your thoughts on Stanley? I'm surprised Nate Stanley hasn't came up yet. I like him. I really do. I see, like, a, like you said, a, a senior Six four two forty. 240. He kind of reminds me of a uh, Jacoby Brissett. Like he's gonna do fairly well, but he's definitely gonna make some errant throws. He's accurate. He's got a good arm, but there are some weaknesses. Bad pocket sense, decision making isn't that great. And then as far as just like processing the speed and the defense, I didn't see it was an elite level. 
And, uh, you know, you're going to get guys coming off the edge on the defensive end uh, in the in the NFL that run, you know, four or five forties. And if Nate Stanley can't do it right now in the Big Ten, I don't know if that translates well to the NFL. But um, like you said, Wisconsin dude from Menominee obviously has <clears> – <throat> it would be awesome to see him, the Packers select him. I think Nate Stanley's a guy that I could – He's going to come up actually in the, the the final eight questions here for me at one point, but uh, Nate, I like Nate Stanley. I think I like him more than James Morgan. What do you think, Tyler? Uh, I'm exactly with Matt. I like him more than Nate. Uh, sorry, James Morgan, but uh, nothing that's too too uh, stand out ish, if that's a word for for Nate Stanley. Um, nothing that stands out for me, I guess, would be the phrase. But he, he's just a guy to me. He's just a guy, and I, I don't. He'll get his job because he's got the typical build. I think he's a smart guy. I just don't know if he was coached as a quarterback very well at, at Iowa. Um, obviously, I don't want to indict the coaching staff of their poor coaching abilities, but at the same time, I can just see what's on the field, and um, I think that there's room to grow. Um, I think he's a smart guy, and I think that he, he will be a – backup quarterback for a little bit in the NFL, and we hopefully we get a chance to see him play and see what he can do, but um, he'll get a shot for sure. I agree with everything you guys said. And I guess I guess lastly, three quick names, just quick, give us your brief thoughts on it, and we'll, we'll start with Matt again. Uh, what are you thinking about Tyler Huntley, Cole McDonald, or Steven Montez? <laughs> wow. Uh, first of all, the fact that Tyler's going at the neck of Kirk Ferentz at Iowa is just incredible. Uh, Cole McDonald's, I don't even know. Like, I was looking at the combine stuff from Cole McDonald, and, like, I don't think he's a typical uh, Hawaii quarterback. He's just kind of an athlete. I have no, I'm just shocked at what he could maybe do in the league. Um, Montez, like, eh. He's okay. I mean, the, the knock on some of LaVisca, LaVisca Chenault's tape was that they weren't able to get him the ball effectively, and obviously that falls on the shoulders of uh, the quarterback play at Colorado. I'm not too sold on him. And then who was the first met, uh, gentleman? Tyler Huntley from Utah. I, I haven't watched a ton of tape on him, honestly. I, if I had to pick out of those three who I really liked, damn. I'll go Montez, but uh, yeah, that, that's it. And I guess, Tyler, what are your brief thoughts on those three guys? I think Tyler Huntley has the potential to be the a late-round pick that becomes a starter in the NFL with this new wave of quarterbacks led by Lamar Jackson. Um, I think Tyler Huntley fits that mold. I think he's oh, he's electric in the backfield. He's so much fun to watch. Um He's dynamic. I think he needs a little bit of work as a as a runner. You know, you don't. I think if I'm seeing him run the football, I want to I want to be a little bit more effective um, and take less shots. But at the same time, that's just the nature of college football at times. Uh, but I think the arm talent is there. He's got to get a little bit more consistent. Um, generally makes pretty good decisions. He hasn't forced the ball too much. I think you know. I think when you couple his ability as a runner potential ability as a runner and his potential as a passer. I think that there's a ceiling um, a ceiling for him as being an NFL starter, and I think that he's a lot of fun to watch, and I'm excited to see what uh, these these brilliant coaches at the NFL level, I'm excited to see what they can do with that. Fair enough. So I think it's time for us to jump into our superlatives for this quarterback draft class. And Tyler, we'll start with you. Who's got the best arm strength, and why is it Jacob Eason? It's actually not Jacob Eason for me. It's Justin Herbert. Um, so Justin Herbert has a freaking cannon, and there's no other way to describe it. Um, 
maybe it's because Easton's not always full go. I, I don't understand. I mean, maybe because I've heard the rumors, oh, Jacob Easton, you know, has a cannon, but at the same time, like, I just didn't get that vibe. Like, yeah, he's not weak. He doesn't have a weak arm. But at the same time, Justin Herbert is firing balls into windows that should not be fired into, and it's getting there. And you don't always see that. Um, you don't always see that anymore. So it's definitely Justin Herbert for me. Uh, Matt, who's got the best arm strength? I like Easton, but I gotta agree with Tyler. Her- Justin Herbert. Um, he's gonna come in the league, and he will have one of the one of the top arms. So that's uh, that translates well for him. And I think if he develops a little bit of that decision making and polishes the game up a little bit, he could be a, a really good quarterback. But uh, you can't you can't teach arm strength. That's for sure. Fair enough. And Matt, we'll stay with you. Who's the most accurate quarterback in this draft besides Joe Burrow? Jeez, you really just threw me off here. I had Joe Burrow on there just because he can hit it from short, medium, and long. It is a layup. I know. That's I'll take a layup. Hey, two points is two points, Mike. But I'm gonna go. I'll go with Tua. I like Tua's game. I remember watching him with uh, the Trent Dilfer. What is it? The Elite Eleven, and he was super polished in that. Like just accurate as hell. And I think that translates. I mean, accuracy is one of those things that kind of just sticks with you, right? Just like arm strength. Um, but again, some of that accuracy, I think those, those numbers are inflated just because of what we talked about, the offense at Bama. Like, it was a lot of short throws, and let Henry Ruggs run, let Jerry Judy just, I mean, put guys on skates, and it, you didn't have to do a ton. So that's why it's probably inflated. But I, I, I still think Tua is one of the more accurate quarterbacks um, in the last few years, and I would compare him accuracy-wise to, like, a Drew Brees, which I know is high praise. I don't think he gets to that level as – of, um, you know, just longevity and elite success as Breeze has, but I'll, I'll put two as the most accurate. And Tyler, outside of Joe Burrow, who was the most accurate quarterback in this class? So I think I'm going to agree with Matt that it's Tua, but I'm going to give you another one who's super close, and that's Jordan Love. The reason I say Jordan Love is, he, I mentioned it earlier, he could just make some throws that makes your mouth go you drop it. Like, obviously, I can't even find my words because I'm talking about Jordan Love throws right now. But there are times where he's just making throws that shouldn't be made. Um, and so he's definitely an honorable, honorable mention here. Uh, his, prob- his biggest problems are decision-making and consistency. But the raw talent, the raw ability to accurately place the football and do it with good arm strength or good touch, it's all there. And that's why he's being hyped up right now. So... My answer is Tua, but with a strong honorable mention for Jordan Love. All right, and Tyler, we'll stay with you. Who's got the best pocket presence here? Can I use Joe Burrow for this one? Just yeah, go for it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, let's see here. I'm looking through my grades real quick because I, I'm not going to lie. I did not look this up beforehand. So it's going to be probably Justin Herbert for me. And the reason I say Justin Herbert is... I think he does a really good job of, of just standing in the pocket. Uh, I don't think he bails as quickly as some of these other quarterbacks, and I'll even I'll even knock Joe Burrow for, Joe Burrow for that. I think he he will bail on the play a little bit too quickly sometimes. Um, same thing for Tua, but Justin Herbert will stand in the pocket until he absolutely does not need to anymore, and he will fire rockets from from the pocket. So I think it's Justin Herbert for me. And Matt, who do you think's got the best pocket presence? Uh, I believe it's Jake Fromm, and I think a lot of that has to do with his high football IQ. I think he's got a really, really top-notch release, which which helps uh, with that pocket presence. You don't have to worry. You don't have to you know, get out and you have a long release. You have to worry about you know getting it tipped out of your hand. 
Um, and I think just the scrambling platform that he does when he's asked to get outside the pocket, um, he's able to reset. And that can even be applied within the pocket, right? If you have to step up and hit a guy down, hit a guy down field, um, over the middle, you know, you're, you're not throwing off balance. And if you are throwing off balance, you at least have that stable foundation on your, on your lower half. So it's, it's Jake Fromm for me. Fair enough, and, and Matt will say with you, who's got the most pure athleticism in this class? That's so hard every year because there's like more and more athletes at quarterback, right? I, I'm going strictly off combine and then just what I think they would end up being in the NFL, and that's not to say they wouldn't be an athletic quarterback, but it's like that – Taysom Hill-esque type situation. I'm going with Cole McDonald. Like, he's just super fast. He's, he's he's just an athlete playing quarterback in my mind. I think there's other guys out there, and I know there's we could make a case for maybe five or six of them. Uh, the kid from Utah you guys mentioned, Jordan Love, et cetera, et cetera. But that, that's who I like, and I think it's just purely on he's an athlete that just happens to play quarterback. And Tyler, who about you? Who's, who's got the most athleticism? Yeah, I am going to go with the kid from Utah, Tyler Huntley. I think that he's just a pure athlete, uh, a step below Lamar Jackson in terms of what he can do with the football in his hands and um, or the, the potential of what he can do with the football in his hands. I think that there's a lot there to work with. And so Tyler Huntley would be my most athletic quarterback in the draft. Fair enough. And we kind of touched on football IQ with pocket presence. So let's move on to the highest ceiling. And Tyler, I'll go to you. Who's the highest ceiling quarterback in this class? Joe Burrow, easily. No question about it. <laughs> Fair enough. And Matt? That's like the most polarizing answer I think I've heard so far. I See, to be honest with you, like the ceiling, I think Joe Burrow's kind of already near that. Like you're not going to see – I don't know what else he can develop into his game. And it's it's really good and all, but I think as far as development, who has the most potential to be even better – um, that's the way I interpreted the question was, is Jordan Love? Like, he has all the skills he can develop. Um, he's that new wave quarterback. I, I think uh, Burrow falls into that, but I think Jordan Love is the type of guy that can – I hate the Patrick Mahomes comparisons because all we've been seeing that for the last few years is this guy's like Patrick Mahomes or this guy's like Patrick Mahomes, but I really do think Jordan Love, some of the throws he makes, um, if he can work on that decision-making and, and fine-tune himself, I think uh, the sky's the limit for him, or the ceiling's the limit, as Michael Jordan said. On the other end, who's got the highest floor, Matt? Well, then I'll agree with Tyler. I think it is Joe Burrow. Like, he's, you already know what you're going to get, right, when he's coming in. Like, you, you expect him to be, I mean, I would think top 20 quarterback after uh, his rookie year, I would hope. Um, obviously he's going to go through some growing pains when he goes to Cincinnati. I don't think there's a question. And um, I think they do have some decent offensive players around him. That offensive line could be shared up. Uh, I hope Zach Taylor and him um, get off to a good start. But I think Joe Fleur, Joe Burrow's floor um, has a very, very high floor compared to some of the rest of the guys because he's just the most NFL ready. Man, Tyler, what do you think? So – to save us the doubling down of the same same prospects, yes, it would be Joe Burrow again, but I'm going to go with Jake Fromm. I think I think Jake Fromm's floor in terms of what he's going to provide um, is relatively comparable. In, 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 like when you're talking about him um, as a player, and not I'm not comparing him to Joe Burrow whatsoever. Let's just make that clear. But Jake Fromm's floor I think is pretty high compared to what some of these other prospects have to offer. Um, I, I think you know what you're getting. 
Um, that's what you're looking for in your floor, and I think that he's going to stay at that level. Um, he might elevate himself a little bit more above it, but I just think that he's limited due to, to, to the limited raw talent and athleticism that's there. But he can be very, he could be a very mentally proficient NFL player, and I seem to know of a guy who's made a living off that for 20 years now. So it can be done, <laughs> it can be done at the NFL level without being a raw athlete or having raw arm talent. So uh, Jake Fromm for me. Fair enough. And then our last superlative, it's kind of in that same vein, but maybe not necessarily a floor. But who is the safest prospect in this class? And for to stop redundancy, we're going to take out Burrow because everyone knows at this point what Burrow is, and he is now the most hyped quarterback since probably Andrew Luck coming into the draft. So, Tyler, we'll start with you again. Who's the safest prospect in this quarterback class that's not named Joe? I think it's Jake Fromm. Like, I want to say Herbert. Um, it's definitely not Tua because of injury concerns. It's definitely not Love because he still has to develop. And I want to say Herbert, but... My my heart is telling me to say Jake Fromm, and so that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go with Jake Fromm as the safest prospect outside of uh, Joe Burrow at the quarterback position. And Matt, who's who's the safest project that didn't go to that didn't go to LSU? I kind of alluded to this gentleman when we were going through our top five and our uh, the five questions, but I'm going Nate Stanley, and just on the aspect of. I don't think he's going to blow the doors off of anyone. I think there's definitely some development issues that are there, but I look at him as, you know, comparison to some of the guys that came before him, like a CJ Beathard, Rick Stanzi, a few others where you're not going to expect anything highly elite, but I think as a safe bet, if you had to draft, I'm trying to think of a team that would have to do this. Let's just say you have a, you need a two year guy right now just to come in and just, I mean, really just run an offense and you don't, you don't have the luxury of having an elite talent and you needed draft capital to be spent elsewhere. I think Nate Stanley is a guy that you could select, I don't even know, what, fourth, fifth, sixth, seventh round. I don't even know where he falls, but I think it's someone that you could rely on. Um, like we mentioned, uh, senior, I think he was fifth-year senior, played with Kirk Ferentz, who Tyler just threw under the bus a few minutes ago. So I think it's a guy that I would, I would like to see uh, – in an offense, and um, at least someone take a shot at him. Fair enough. I, I do think probably the safest project is going to be Shea Patterson because no one's going to draft him. But on the other end, I guess that wraps up our talk on the at yeah, the quarterback position. Probably four guys going on the first round, outside chance of five, but I doubt it. But it's an, it's an interesting and somewhat polarizing class outside of Joe Burrow, who is expected to be a Cincinnati Bengal in four days. So that breaks everything down. I guess, Matt, where can people find you? What are you working on now? For sure. So you can find me mostly on Twitter, uh, active on there. So you can find me. It's uh, at Matt underscore F-R-A underscore. It's at M-A-T-T underscore F-R-A underscore. Working on a uh, website called PackersWorldwide.com. We actually just added two more gentlemen to our fold, that being uh, Alex Stroff, a UWSP uh college student who runs the radio station there, and then Ryan Sojberg, who is in the Minneapolis-St. Cloud area um, media game. Uh, he has a blue check mark, so that helps us too, but working on that, obviously just anything draft-related is what I'm diving into. Uh, Dan Kotnick and I are still doing our uh, Run It Pack series for the Green Bay Packers. We're recording that today when you hear this episode. 
for week six, seven. I don't even know where we're at at this point. So that's been a hell of a ride, and that's about it right now. I think uh, I'm, I'm I'm dabbling with TikTok. I'm trying to put out some Packers content on there. I don't know if that's successful or a good idea or not, but um, yeah. Are you either? Of you guys on TikTok, Tyler? Um, I, I've I was on it for about a week, and then I just I don't know. I stopped. There's enough TikTok on my Twitter feed. That's fine. Fair. Yeah, yeah. I'm not on there either. I'm I'm basically just Twitter and Instagram. Uh, you find me at Mike Wenlins on both, or Michael W on Instagram, Mike Wenlins on Twitter. Tyler, where can people find you? What are you working on? Uh, as always, find me on Twitter at Tyler underscore Grez, T-Y-L-E-R underscore G-R-E-Z. Uh, I am just kind of putting out, still putting out draft content. I'm planning to make one final revision to my Packers big board. That'll come out. And then um, for the most part, I'm wrapping up evaluations, though. And I'm just going to try and enjoy the draft next week, as Matt talked about, not stumping for anybody to come to the Packers. I, there's just so many guys that I love in this in this class. So I'm just really trying to enjoy this next week of draft content um, and roll into Thursday. Absolutely. I'm in the same boat. I'm, only guy I'm something for is a badge receiver to go in the fifth round. But other than that, I'm going to enjoy <laughs> the draft next week, and, and hopefully we can have some fun with it. Hopefully we'll be able to do something as a Packaday team. We'll see from that. But, everyone, thank you so much for listening. Again, check us out wherever fine Packer podcasts are found, at Packaday Podcast on Twitter. So for Matt Freilich and for Tyler Grizzly-Gork, this is Mike Williams saying so long for now. Enjoy your week. Enjoy the draft to talk to you guys next week for the day three recap. We'll break down the many, many picks the Packers have on day three and who they who is coming in into Lambeau Field next fall. So for that, we'll say so long for now. And of course, and as always, go Pack Go.
Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.